We've been talking for some time about uh, the kingdom of God, what it is, uh, how do you get into it. So uh, can someone tell us tonight, uh, the, how do you get into the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation. So that is your uh, invitation into the kingdom of heaven. We're doing the paperwork process to do um, for uh, permanent residents uh, from the province. And there's two parts to it. You have to do the initial part. Then that, that generates the invitation. And then it's like, okay, then there's like a giant process there. It's like, you, you know, they go back and they want to make sure you are who you say you are. And there's fingerprints and, and medical exams and lions and tigers and bears, right? Praise the Lord. Uh, that salvation is uh, simple, but yet, why, do not, why aren't there more people seeking the Lord's salvation? Seeking to get into the kingdom of heaven. Instead of denying him. And that's what we've been looking at. Some areas where, you know, that people get hung up on. Why don't more people seek the Lord and his salvation and enter into his kingdom? So uh, we looked at riches in Mark 10 and the rich young ruler who uh, had religion, but he didn't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord dealt with him specifically about his possessions. Go sell all that thou hast and follow me. That's what that man needed because he was looking at all that he did and all that he had. Surely that makes him good. Well, that, for, that never works. So riches can hinder. Religion can hinder. And we looked at uh, Matthew 23 where uh, there were eight woes given to the Pharisees. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He called them a bunch of names. Vipers. Vipers, yeah. Bunch of snakes. I don't like snakes, man. You just you want to see me run and scream like a little girl? Yeah, that's me and snakes. But that's exactly there's you can't slither yourself into the kingdom of heaven. Or hop, I guess. I've never seen someone walk you know, I've seen people walk the aisle to be saved. I don't know if I've seen someone skip or hop. But uh, good job, Noah. So that brings us to tonight. Uh, and that is just sin in general. That's, you know, just the love of sin, the desire to sin. That's what people uh, hold on to. And in the moment, sin seems uh, like, I, hey, I'd rather have my sin, in essence. People choosing sin rather than salvation. We see this in Matthew 5. And uh, verses 29 and 30, Matthew 5, 29, Jesus says, And if thy right hand, or excuse me, right I offend thee, pluck it out. Wow, that's kind of vivid, don't you think? And cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off. Cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that 
one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Keep your finger here and turn with me to Romans 6. Romans 6. Verse 11 says, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans six twelve says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield ye your, what's that word? Members. members. It's that word that we're looking at in Matthew 5. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So an instrument in and of itself. When you think of an instrument, what do you think of? A tool, a trumpet, say a musical instrument, right? Let's just look at it that way for a moment. Uh, a trumpet can be used to play ungodly music, right? I mean, you can do jazzy stuff and all kinds of uh, modern stuff, but it can also be used to praise the Lord, can't it? When Sean plays, it, yeah, when Sean plays, it's encouraging to me. I think it's a blessing. What's that? Summon for battle. Summon for battle, sure. Uh, I used to hear it in the morning and the evening while I was in the military. It was the beginning of the day and the end of the day. We're also going to hear a trumpet one day. And the Lord's going to come in the clouds. I look forward to that. Now, what the Lord is trying to tell us here is that our members, our members are our parts of our body. Yes? Our ear, eyes. Rachel's dad says that he's the member of the body, the, the, the church. He's the big toe. You know? It's kind of smelly and... You know, unseemly, but you know, it's important. <laughs> Good for balance, yeah. So whatever, whatever, uh, uh, whatever member of the body you feel that you are, just know that you can be used for godly or ungodly things. Your hands can be used to serve and praise the Lord. But what else can they be used for? Prayer, that's good. What's that? Yeah, you can use these incorrectly. You can use these for self, your, your hands. What about for your eyes? This brings us back to Matthew 5. So, you know, uh, speaking in the, the context of lost people not seeking the Lord, what is it about their eyes that would stop them from seeking God's salvation? A wandering eye? Okay. What else? Blinded by sin. Blinded by sin. How, how does sin blind? Well, God doesn't look on sin after, we're salva uh, after we have salvation. Yes. Positionally in Christ, when we're saved, then it's done. But then when we sin, it affects our relationship. So I'm talking about before we're saved, when we're lost, 
So look back, those that are saved here today, think back with me. Why didn't you get saved the first time you heard the gospel? Sin looks attractive. Sin looks attractive. Sandy said that it, it blinds you, right? The, you don't recognize it. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the minds of those that are lost. It distorts. It distorts. So... When we think of the eye, you, you see in Scripture so often people saw or they see. Samson did a lot of looking, didn't he? Strong physically, but not strong uh, spiritually. Not strong over himself. Self-control. It's interesting to look at it that way. Lot looked and he saw the planes, right? He didn't see it, but that's that put him in that trajectory because of his eyes. Do you think this world is very uh, visual? Yes, maybe more and more and more so than it once was. Um, there's uh, virtual reality, but they also have what's called augmented reality. You ever heard of that? That's kind of like you wear a set of glasses just like this. And it has a computer in them. It's, uh, I was looking at it. Uh, Windows makes it. Uh, there's other companies too. It's like three grand. But the computer's in it and it overlays over top of your display. What you see. It's, uh, your, your sight is augmented. And I, I always think that would be pretty cool to try out, right? So, but spiritually speaking, this world is augmented away from God. So as when a heart begins to seek the Lord, you know what's interesting? Something might catch the eye. Something might draw the attention away. And I mentioned about, you know, the helicopter crash. Uh, there's this coronavirus that's going on and just all kinds of upsetting things, yes, that are going on. But you know, people can draw close, but then something can catch the eye and draw away. So is the Lord teaching here to physically pluck your right eye out? No, that's not what he's saying. But he's saying, is it worth it? Is your sin worth, if you're lost or you work with a lost person and trying to help them see their need to be saved, is sin worth hell? That's, so whatever you enjoy watching or whatever that's, that is alluring you away from salvation, it says here uh, at the end of verse 29, that for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not for the whole body should be cast into hell. Now, does this sound like a, it may happen? This sounds like it will happen. The, the tense or the, uh, the wording is not as just, look, you either choose salvation or you choose hell. Left unchecked, that's the... Yes, it is, yeah. 
So you have the right eye in 29, and then you have the right hand in verse 30. And if thy right hand offend thee. I was talking to somebody recently, and, and I, I've mentioned this a few times before, but I see a lot of idle people in Yarmouth. A lot of idle people. Um, that's, uh, you know, kind of like down on Main Street. Uh, and I was asking, you know, because where, where I grew up, People that were idle, they weren't just sitting around chilling. They're up to something. They're either hustling, selling, you know, stolen goods or uh, selling drugs or they're up to no good. You know what I'm saying? So I was just, uh, so what are these people doing? Because I see, you know, 10, 15 people sitting out in front of Tim's on Main Street. And I'm just like... What do they do? And someone was telling me they don't do anything. That, that's their goal. Is to do nothing. And then sure enough, I was getting into my car once. And then somebody hit me up for some change. Just so happened they didn't have enough. And I'm like, dude, I don't carry change. Change in Canada, I mean, it adds up quick, man. I mean, it's not, you know, we don't do pennies anymore here, right? You know, so... Uh, I'm sorry, I don't keep change because change disappears. Those things jack it, right? You know? So it's like they're looking for so many different things in this world. And their hands are idle. They're not doing anything, but they're not seeking the Lord either. Somebody called me recently, said, uh, Pastor Coe, you know, we've, we come to your church all the time. They don't. But they have visited. They said, Pastor Coe, there's a situation and, you know, can you put us up in a hotel? At first I thought they wanted, she, this person, excuse me, this person said, can you put us up? I thought they were asking to stay at our house. You know, I'm like, no, I, I, I'm not comfortable with somebody staying. We're not ready for someone to just plop over to our house, right? You know, that's what I told her. I was like, no, we're not in a place to do that. So come to find out they wanted us to put them up in a hotel and for the church to pay for it. Because their house is drafty, they said. Their apartment's drafty. I said, so do you have family members nearby? Yes. I said, well, why don't you talk to them? I didn't say I didn't have liberty of the Lord to say, why don't you talk to your landlord? If it's drafty. So, different ways to try and get things. But if, is the Lord actually saying here to mutilate yourself? That if you cut off your right hand? I mean, that's, that'd be taking the Bible quite literally, don't you think? No. What sin... That your hands can do. Look down at your hands right now, if you would. What sin that your hands, that you can get into, is worth hell? And then, Christian, what sin is worth messing up your life? What sin is worth messing up your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? What sin? And we, we talked about unbelief. I mean, that seems so small, but it's huge. 
That is one of the biggest sins, I guess, if you could call it that, because you're saying that God's not big enough. Wow, that's what I by our unbelief. I don't qualify or classify sins, if you will, but it's just like, I mean, that, that's a big deal. So what is worth it? What sin in this world is worth it? It's not. Nothing is worth not being saved. I, I've explained to you about a young man uh, who grew up in the church. So young people, listen up, listen. Young people are going to grow up in the church. He wanted to go off and do his own thing. He graduated high school and he wanted to do his own thing. But he said, you know what? At the end of the road, I would have to stand before God. And he's a very smart man. He's now an, an intelligence officer in the uh, U.S. Marines. He's very, and he scored high in all his testing. But here's the thing. He said, I could go anywhere in this world. But I would still, at the end, when I die, have to give an account of myself to the Lord Jesus Christ. And what was interesting is having that conversation, that wasn't the first conversation. The first conversations I had with this young lad, you know what they were? Well, I don't need to be saved. I don't want to be saved. I'd rather be able to go out and do this and to go out and do that. He wanted to experience life and sin with his hands. Young people, you have to choose salvation. It is not worth getting into what's out in the world. And I know sometimes you don't understand what your parents are protecting you from. And that sometimes I've, I've even heard this from young kids that grow up uh, in a godly home is that you hold me back Young people, did you hear what the older folks said? You should be thankful for that. Why is that? Why, why be thankful? Less scars. Less scars? But for young people in the moment, what do you feel like? You feel like they're holding me back because I can't go off and just do whatever I want to do. Do you, look, young people, listen. Do you realize how much sin and trouble you can get into? No, you don't. But an older person, can. we have an idea. Because we were there too. Rather than soil yourself with this world, it is not worth, no sin is worth looking at, experiencing, taste, touch, smell, rolling in it. Nothing is worth it. Salvation is worth so much more. So, sure. Sometimes, but we don't understand. Brother Nelson's saying that the consequences are hard, but when we are in the moment and we want something, yes? Are we thinking about the consequences? No. 
And that's, we see this here. It is not worth it. It's not worth it to experience the world. Because what you're saying is, I want to experience hell. You know, and I go back to becoming a permanent resident to become a citizen of Canada. You know, God's called us here, and this is, you know, this is our home. This is who we are. So we are going to become Canadian. When you are lost and you seek the Lord and his salvation, then he will make you his at salvation and start the process. Yes? It's not while you're lost do you clean yourself up. You don't clean yourself up. You can't. Amen? It's you come to God the way you are. Just as I am. Amen. Amen. So can you see that sin, the the pleasure of sin for a season, I mean, it is, there is a draw. And it's hard to see our loved ones when they wear their sin on the outside. What do, what, what do you think I mean by that? To wear your sin on the outside. Full display. Full display. No shame. No shame. Their lifestyle is kind of just like, boom, in your face. They flaunt it. It's hard to watch, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But just imagine how God feels. Imagine how he feels when he sees uh, people whom he, he sent his son to die for rejecting him. So I can only imagine how you feel family, family wants. But I just want to encourage you to pray. Pray for your loved ones. Pray for your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, people that you literally, like I said, I literally ran into somebody today. And it's like, wow. You need to be saved. And they wear their sin on the outside, and, but people come to church that aren't saved, where do they, their sin, they wear their sin more on the inside. <clears throat> you can't tell as much. It's not as obvious. Young people, If you're not saved, you might look nice like a good young person, but you know what? You need to be saved. That's something that we are praying for you. Amen? All right, so we'll stop there for tonight. So watch the the weather. I'm not sure what's going to happen. They're giving 7 to 12 centimeters Saturday to Saturday evening. But it might just rain, right? As I said. So we'll see how the Lord leads. Uh, I'm scheduled to be in Shelburne on Sunday. So, but if we do get that, we're not going to go. Okay? So.
we'll see how the Lord leads. But um, the um, just remember to encourage one another. It's one thing to just come to church, and you know, Hebrews uh, ten twenty five says, "Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is." Yes. The verse before that is that we need to provoke one another to love and to good works. We can't provoke one another to love and to good works if we're not here. Amen? So, if I hear you guys provoking one another after church in a good-natured way, then I know you're taking the Bible seriously. But I just think it's good that we encourage one another. Um... That's, that's what members of the body do for each other, is we encourage one another. Okay? So would you stand with me? We'll be dismissed in prayer. Get a nice stretch. Amen. Brother Dave Fevens, would you close us in prayer, please? Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your